Whatever happened to Am I my brother's keeper, huh? You know what happened to it. It became my people's keeper. A moment of information. Impartation. And inspiration. To uplift. Encourage. And most importantly, empower. So am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes. Oh yes, I am my people's keeper. Hello, 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 everybody. What's going on? This is yours truly, Will Robinson, better known as Pastor Will. Will, Brother Will, Red, however you want to call it, that's me. Listen, I'm so excited about this second episode of My People's Keeper. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes, I am my sister's keeper and my brother's keeper. Yes, I am my brother's keeper. I am my people's keeper. And I want to welcome you to our second episode of this podcast. Shout out to 119 Media Group. As always, to the to the family, we appreciate you so much for definitely the support and putting us on and putting us out there on the airway. And to those that are watching my Facebook Live, listen, we love your family. Listen, I'm so excited to have today. Definitely my wife is my co-host, but unfortunately she had some things to do today that were uh, and put into the schedule But again I'm just Listen I'm a grateful man I'm a grateful man To have Such an incredible family Such an incredible wife But also some incredible children I'm excited to have My firstborn. Yes that's right My baby girl With me On this Second episode I want to welcome To the stage I'm sorry To the podcast <laughs> My baby girl Miss Ariana Robinson Hello Hello How you doing That's my baby <laughs> Yeah, man. Listen, you just don't know how much this means to me. I'm excited to have her on uh, with us. Listen, when mommy had to uh, do her thing today, I told her, I said, hey, baby, what do you think about joining dad and being uh, my co-host today? She said, of sure, course. of course, sure, sure. period. That's right. So listen, we're going to go ahead and jump right on into it. Listen, this week's episode um, on uh, our podcast talking about what are we up against in our community, the things that we're up against in our community. First episode, we talked about um, black on black brutality, um, police on black brutality. But this week we want to focus on uh, black on black uh, crime, black on black crime, which has affected me and has affected my family, has affected a lot of those that are listening um, uh, to uh, to the degree that it has caused uh, definitely a, a change, uh, uh, definitely a drastic change in our life. And so that's what we want to talk about today, um, focusing on black on black crime. Um, what I wanted to do, I wanted to definitely just kind of jump right on into it. I wanted to um, play this. Uh, I want you to listen to this. This is a clip, a clip soundbite from a very familiar movie, very familiar movie on um, directed by uh, Mr. John Singleton. Uh, many of you all are familiar with it. It is Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. I, Listen, I never watched. You never it. had a chance. Well, you know, we definitely want to try to introduce some of those uh, uh, black theater mu movies to our children. Uh, we haven't just gotten caught up to that one yet. Yeah. Uh, but we want to just uh, share this with you as we get ready to go into our discussion. Um, Stanley Clark uh, created this tribute, Black on Black Crime, Boys in the Hood uh, tribute. Uh, by John Singleton that was released this movie was released on July the 2nd 1991 Jesus yeah you wouldn't even thought of that right 
1991 <laughs> premiered in Los Angeles. <laughs> Ten days later, it was released to the world. So I want you to take a listen to this. Why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. Nineteen ninety one to twenty twenty one. Thirty years later, we're still seeing the same moments played in this movie actually being manifested in our lives even now. That last statement that Trey shared, which is played by Cuban Gooden Jr. He, he says, you have one brother left. For those that are listening, for those that are definitely watching, um, those know January 26, 2020. I lost my brother, Brian Lamont Robinson, uh, to gun violence. Um, lost another brother, Capio Collins. And um, young student from Coca College, and and again, um, 
just to hear that moment say, hey, you got one. You still have one brother left. Brian was my baby brother. He was my only brother. It was just the two of us um, born to Bill and Loretta Robinson <laughs> in uh, the city of Hartsville. And so just to hear that, you know, you still have one brother left. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to have so many people that are listening even now, those that are watching, um, that even after that happened, for them to come and to say, uh, to me that hey you still got some brothers left so I'm thankful and grateful to to have so many brothers left um, I mean listening to that again this is 20 years later I have my daughter here with me on the podcast Brian was her her uncle mm-hmm. so before I get into you know statistics and numbers listening to that that clip um, you never saw that I haven't said I had a chance to see boys in the in the hood. I'm listening to that. Tell me what goes through your mind when you when you hear that. What do you think? What 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 do you think about? Um, it's like sad. Like even though it's the same race still and stuff like that, and people still don't change. Like even if you try to try to change them, you can't change a person and how they are. So you have to like either learn how to respect that or still try, even though it's kind of still hard. Mm. Wow, wow. So even though it seems as if the mindset of people hasn't changed, uh, people that have a mind to to think positive or to say, hey, you know, let's figure out a way to stop gun violence. You're saying, even though it feels as if people haven't changed in the last 30 years, we still need to do something. We still need to make an attempt to say stop the violence. Right. As much as we can, we can. We know that it's publicized through the media of the Black Lives Matter movement. We need to focus on the stop the violence movements that's going on in our community and not stop it. Um, shout out to um, Elder Robert Cherry as well, who uh, who's been doing uh, stop the violence movement for the last several years. Um, right there in the city of Hartsville and trying to spread it abroad and definitely the brothers on the boots on the ground running and definitely he hasn't stopped. He's not going to stop. And so it's, it's not to say that nobody, you know, individuals are not doing doing anything, but we want to put shine light. That's what this podcast is about. My people's keeper, making sure we provide information, but also shine light on people that are already doing things that are already implementing things uh, in the community. So with that being said, my daughter, who is 13 years old, <laughs> teenager, yeah, teenager, says, listen, um, even though I feel like people are not going to change, we that know that change can happen, we, we that believe that change can happen, need to still do something. Right. Wow. That, that's, that's big to me. Now, now, in spite of these numbers, so when we look at the statistics, even when we talk about police on black brutality, they are still trying to update numbers. Like it's, it's a delay in getting the accurate numbers of, you know, how many cases of police on black brutality. Even when I look at the statistics and, and look at the data from gun violence archive from the last, you know, 10 years and within, even within the last year. So from 2020 to 2021, you're talking about homicide, murder, unintentional um, gun violence and murder. You're talking about probably a total of 700 
cases of individuals that have died to gun violence within our community. And so that's that's something that we have to really look at. It's not a it's not a human it's not a human issue. Uh, you know, it's not a humanity issue. Um, it is a systematic race issue that people are are really not understanding and comprehending. Again, all black people are not black, bad. All white people are not bad. But the system that we're living in, it is a system that causes division, that focuses on the only bad. The only bad. And they make one thing more valuable than the yeah. other, yeah. right? So as long as we continue to say human, you know, all lives matter, you know, people saying that, the system doesn't see it that way. So there, there is a difference, and people have to understand that difference. So, and, and again, the impact that it causes. So you're talking about 700 deaths in South Carolina, you know, alone, and not only South Carolina alone, you're talking about information as it relates to the people just dying in average to gun violence. 908 people die, and 1,780 are wounded by guns in South Carolina. South Carolina has the 13th is the 13th highest rate of gun violence in the United States. How many states are in the United States? 58. Come on. 50. What, come on. I know you smart enough. So, <laughs> out of 50 states, we are 13. Oh, that's sad. Small South Carolina. Yeah. That's it, sad. That's sad, ain't it? Yeah. That's sad. So, you got you got we 13th in the state as relates to gun violence. Now, watch this. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about even the cost of gun uh, violence, as they put. South Carolina has the 14th highest statistical cost of gun violence in the U.S. at $1,220 per person each year. Gun deaths and injuries cost South Carolina $6 billion. Just to buy, like, for guns. For guns and the deaths. Like, you're talking about funerals and all the work that has to be done with homicide and investigation, taxpayers' monies, of which $298 million is paid by taxpayers. So that's coming out of those hardworking South Carolinians that work on a day-to-day basis, like your mother and others that you know, that have taxes taken out of their checks to pay for cost of gun violence when it comes down to the use of it and the murders and the deaths. All right. In South Carolina, 56% of gun deaths are suicides and 41% are homicide. This is compared to 60% and 38% nationwide, uh, respectfully. So these are just some, some information and some data concerning the numbers and the issues that we're dealing with. Um, even when we look in South Carolina, you know, we know that, you know, definitely there's police on black brutality, but here in, in the southeastern region, like in South Carolina, we really don't have that issue as it relates to, People I mean, that, yeah, that is not being, you know, recorded or so as it relates to police on black brutality. Definitely, there are, yeah, definitely a lot of us are getting arrested, you know, <laughs> in cases and locked up, you know what I'm saying? But, but, you know, we really don't hear on the main screen of police officers. You know, we've had one or two, um, you know, Walter Scott in, in Charleston, North Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Um, you know, we, we've had maybe one just didn't die, but a violence uh, was shot in Columbia. And I forgot that brother's name, but definitely shout out to all those families. But um, our issue is the community issue of black on black crime. Right. People that we know in our community, people that we go, that we live around the corner from, you know, in our community, um, 
definitely is, is an issue. I want to ask this so that people can hear this because I hope that this can help somebody. I hope that this can encourage somebody. Coming from a 13-year-old, we hear a lot of adults talk. We hear a lot of parents talk. We hear a lot of moms and dads cry out because of the trauma that they are dealing with with losing a child to gun violence. I want to know from you, uh, first and foremost, where were you? And, um, and if you remember the conversation, how it went when you found out that your Uncle Brian was, was killed. Okay, so uh, mom shook me and was like, wake up. We got to just slip some shoes on. Don't do nothing. Just come in the car. And so y'all didn't tell us what was going on. So all we did was just come in the car, follow stuff. And so Diane met us at the gas station, in the gas station. And we got in the car. Now I was like looking pretty upset. And I was like, so what's going on? She was like, I can't. my mom said, I can't tell you. And I said, okay. And so we got home, we got to their house, and we I, we went back to sleep because it was 4 a.m. So I just went back to sleep. Woke up, you know, chilling. We was, we woke up, you know. Chilling. D- chilling, didn't happen. <laughs> um, then mom came, and uh, she was, then Nana left out the room, and then Aiden came in the room. And she was like, so what happened? And um, mom said, she sat on the bed, she grabbed us both and hugged us and stuff, and was like, your uncle was killed. No, he was. She said he was shot, and at first he said she was shot. So then I was like, okay, well, is he okay? Did he just get like a wounded on his shoulder? And she was like, no. He then she said he got killed, and then so I burst and like burst out of tears. So Aiden, he doesn't really cry, you know, share his emotion out like right. that. So Aiden was like, what was going on? What was happening? Because I guess he still didn't understand what was going on. Right. And so, um. Yeah, and then mom, I could tell that was really hard to like tell us, and mm-hmm. I can tell that she wasn't really happy. And she, well, of course she wasn't happy, but she was. It took her. It took her out because she had to tell her kids that just because people are doing stuff they don't got no business to, mm-hmm. it affects people that just do nothing. Right. And so Nana, um, I went in the living room. Nana hugged me, and she was, and I was just, I was still crying. And Nana hugged me, and she was like, it's going to be okay. You got to stay strong, you know, be there for your dad and stuff like that. And I was, and then in my mind, I was like, how is dad doing? Because you wasn't there at all, and that's your brother, so I know it took you hard. And she was like, it's okay. You have to stay strong and stuff like that. And she was, like, she was trying to, like, make me feel much better. So she was just trying to play, like, little jokes with me or something like that to make me feel better and stuff like that. And we left, and so then Miss Vert called mom to see how we were doing, cause I guess it went out, and she was like, "We're doing good." And mom told us to wash, put some clothes on, so we can go to grandma's house, and stuff like that. And we went to grandma's house. I saw you, but like, you know, like when you you know they're not doing good, but you got they got to put on a strong face for everyone else. That was you. So I was like, "Yeah, you're not uh-huh. fine." So that was but, your observation of me. Yeah, because, I mean, even though you don't cry in front of us, I know you cry. I mean, everybody <laughs> cries. But, um, I, like, Grandma, I know Grandma and Papa were doing bad. And I know how Grandma was in the bed, and she was not really doing good, and everybody was coming in and stuff like that. And I feel like people only join together when it's something that really tragedy happens Mm. so it's kind of sad that you have to see people you know stuff like that and 
you know, when we had the funeral and all, like a bunch of people came. Like I've never seen at least a thousand of them right. never seen before. And it's like people that don't even don't like pe- people that don't even like Uncle probably probably went just to see, feel how everybody else was feeling, moping and stuff like that. And it's just sad how people have people have to hear some bad some bad news in order to check up on them right. and join together and wow. stuff like that. Wow, that's coming from a 13-year-old. That's coming from a 13-year-old teenager, my daughter, um, one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> you learn a lot when you I learn a lot. Um, this, and this is actually really the first conversation that we've had of actually observe, uh, your observation of the whole, you know, or, ordeal when it happened, you know, because we really kind of haven't, you know, talked too much about it. I mean, you know, periodically we have, um, you know, and I've made, you know, um, some appearance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean... Um, you know, I, 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 I'm grateful um, to hear your response because I think that's going to help other people that we really need to, you know, stop trying to come together. Well, not saying stop because, again, you need people in their darkest moments. But don't let that be the only time that you come together yeah. with somebody is when tragedy happens. And so that's what she is saying as it relates to from a babe's mouth. <laughs> and so I'm, 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 I'm grateful for that. So let me ask you this. What has, what has changed you through, through these last, this, this last year or so as relates people to people and how I see people? Oh, wow. Because, um, like this generation, they talk about guns and black, black crip and blood and stuff like that. So, and then that, I, when I figured out that was the reason why uncle got shot because it was like a blood and crip and they saw each other so they started shooting at each other and like i see like a lot of people talking about oh yeah i'm a crip oh yeah i'm blood and you're only 13 like you don't even know what that is and you don't even know how that can affect you and your family and stuff like that and i just avoid i try to avoid that because i know people uh i knew a lot of people and stuff like that was just it, it didn't make it didn't feel right so um i stopped talking to those type of people kind of shut that out and um, try to mute and like try to avoid stuff like that, and it would and a lot um, well like people said that, and like friends I still talk to today, mm-hmm. it's like uh still like a like a little bit, but like when they say stuff like that, I'm just like you don't really know, right? And right. like they think it can't happen to them, but like the people that don't think it happens too, it happens too, right? So. Like, when they really talk like that, and I'm just like, y'all are kind of stupid because, yeah, it's just not, you it's not, You right. never know. Right, and, you never know. And it's kind of sad to see, like, kids these days only talk about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't talk about, like, barely nobody talks about God no more or stuff like that at this generation. And it's, it's kind of sad because it's, like, only small amounts of people, but they don't talk about it or talk up about it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really sad, and that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this here. Um, wow, you're making some some great points uh, as it relates to this the black on black issue. You know, um, I, and and you said it. So I I think how do it, I, the thing is we're trying to figure out how to address it because there have been so many people over time um, that has have talked about you know what the stigma is in the black community, what the issue is in the black community when it comes down to the the Wittelin syndrome um of distrust um um you know um competition um between um 
skin complexion competition between, um, you know, bigger or, or smaller or competition between, you know, uh, who think they have, you know, who has the most money or cars and, you know, all of this kind of thing. And so I think the thing we, we've, we've gotten so many uh, nuggets concerning that, but I'm at a point now where I want to find a solution to the problem like seriously like we you know people post we post on social media we post on facebook and you know you know just to get i guess to get the likes and the shares and and i I don't i don't want to have likes or shares if it's not going to you know uh share with someone that's going to be able to transform them or change their, their their mindset and so coming from you know, a 13 year old and you being 13 and you hearing this amongst your peers lets us know where we really need to start. And, and beyond that, we need to start. So trying to find out what we can do to help. I mean, again, the the system is not going to stop the guns because it's a moneymaker for them. They're not going to stop that, you know. So it's up to us individually first as relates to a community to try to talk to individuals that we know, especially those that have encountered. You can't really talk about nothing you've never experienced, you know, so you can't talk on those issues. You can, you know, you can get mad and you can fuss and say, yeah, they ain't doing right. They ain't doing wrong. They put, they don't, they don't, they know, no, they know better. Well, some people don't know, but no, no better. They don't. And so those that have been in the game, um, you know, as we was considered to be those OGs. And I remember having a conversation with my good friend, uh, brother Jamel is that, you know, OGs are not OGs anymore. More. The OGs that we know coming up or growing up are not OGs um, that we know to be. And again, this ain't no disrespect. It's just calling uh, calling it what it is, calling it facts. This ain't to, to call nobody out to say, hey, let's meet up and let's, you know, let's hash it out and fight and all that kind of stuff. No, this is actually talking facts, you know, that, you know, OGs are not like they were in the 90s that we know. You know, if you saw someone that had the potential to to go on to further their education, to that was a great athlete or whatever the case is, that would be able to actually help you know their family and to help the community you know as a whole OGs was like hey you ain't doing this you ain't you ain't selling this drug you ain't you ain't you know you ain't coming on the block go ahead and in the house and then they were going to do what they could to to help you know uh to help that individual for they know their family was struggling and so it is it is really my thing is is about us getting to the table uh to really talk about the heart of the matter you know um definitely guns are are an issue but it's it's something with the person that using it that's the issue it's something going on in their spirit it's something going on in their mind and our thing here is to make sure that we yeah we're gonna pray i'm gonna pray i'm all i'm a pastor i'm gonna always pray i'm a prayer warrior that's what i'm gonna always do but after i get off my knees i'm trying to figure out what we are going to do that's going to help our people see who they really are to be better, be respectful, to love who they are. Because again, most people don't like what they look like because of of the systematic racism that plays within our system. So black is beautiful, you know, definitely. Again, uh, when we talk about this, everybody got their moments where they spend time to impart into to others when they're in their own rightful homes and rightful place. But on this platform, on this on this podcast, my people's keep. I'm talking to my people. Black is beautiful. Beautiful. You know what I'm saying? You are beautiful people. You are intelligent people. You are smart people. You are people that have survived and not more so survive and continue to survive. And now we're striving and we're going to continue to strive. We want to change that survival into striving. 
That's what we want to do And striving to success That's what that's the whole key And so that's why we, we, we put in place um, The legacy of Brian Robinson Foundation And so I want to go ahead and reiterate that Definitely with COVID It's been on a pause for a little moment But what we're doing is making sure that we got things in place uh, To regroup, you know, to put things in place So that we can start receiving the donations That's going to help, you know, the people in our community We want to make sure that we provide grief counseling Because that's one of the issues that definitely we have In the black community Is that we been able to just live with the trauma not deal with it but we've been able to live with the trauma you know so we've been able to live with you know cousin and, and, and family and brother and sister getting shot you know and getting killed and stabbed and through abuse and so the thing is for us to make sure that we provide you know opportunities and not be ashamed Whatever way we got to do it Because we know people ain't going to come out There's already things in place But we got to find a new initiative To try to help individuals to say Hey man come on let's sit down And, and get and talk this stuff out Come on let's sit down and have this counseling I know this, this ain't about you people Somebody looking at you crazy Because at the end of the day All of us are dealing with something Some of us just know how to put on a good face In front of everybody To make it look like we got it all together But all of us in some type of way Are broken from something Definitely when it comes down to gun violence because even though it's just my brother my brother has had so many not just him alone just having people that he's connected to in the, in the, in the community people that came over that knew him but also people that know us that know me that know my mom that know my dad that know my cousins that know my uncles that know my aunt so everybody whenever someone and this is a shout out to all of the families in our community that have lost a loved one you know it has to stop now listen it affects every single body no matter how you look at it it's a loss on both ends. It's a loss with the one that has the gun in their hands, and it's the loss with the ones that take the bullet. So at the end of the day, you know, nobody, you know, is really benefiting. Matter of fact, yeah, you, you, matter of fact, the system is benefiting from it. But what are we benefiting from? I want us to benefit for us to live and to have the benefits, not the benefits of us. Watch this. You keep killing, they keep killing us, or, or we keep killing ourselves. Watch this. We kill ourselves. What what do we get in return? Nothing. It's just out of anger. It's just out of anger. So we we ain't, we ain't receiving nothing. We ain't getting no money from it. We ain't getting no financial benefits from it. And, and watch this. If you got insurance, but most of us ain't got insurance. Most of us are doing GoFundMe accounts once somebody gets shot. Okay, and this is not to bash anybody, but this is to say we got to change the way we think and to change the way we see things. Okay, and so you got so we don't benefit when we kill our own, but when police officers kill us, families get million two point five million dollars. Come on, listen what I'm saying. You don't hear anything about you know because they they've paid the family off, so the system pay. Come on. Family they pay the families, pay our families whenever the system or somebody works in the system kills us. Okay. But when we kill us, we don't get anything from the system. Now think about that. So when I'm talking, when I'm sitting here talking about what we need to do and what we can do as a community, we've got to really highlight those that are already doing things in the community, implementing things. And as my daughter said, don't stop doing something. We got to do something. We just can't sit back and not do something. And so the Legacy of Brian Foundation, Legacy of Brian Robinson Foundation 
We are implementing opportunities to have grief counseling available. We're already talking to people that are already at the table. We're gonna um, we're gonna make sure because my brother was in trade, he was worked as a welder at Ganey Tool and Fab with my dad. Shout out to Ganey Tool and Fab family and my dad, who's been there for over thirty something years, man. Uh, master, my dad is a master welder, and him and Brian worked together for four years before he was uh, taken away from us. They worked together. They worked together. They rode to work together. They drove together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They they drunk they stopped at the store at the refuel and it, to get coffee every morning. They rolled together and to uh, to to work together. They were there every day, and so you know definitely I, you know we we praying for and I pray my mom my mom was a strong woman of God. My dad's strong too, but this has really broken them, man. You know, my mom, you know, we, we always, and I'm definitely, we're not going to stop praying for the mothers. And I was, we was on a, uh, I don't know if it was a prayer call or uh, 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 something I was on. Um, I think one, um, Sister Neek Benjamin was doing a, um, a, a live and I was just saying, you know, it was like praying for the mothers. I said, hey, you got to pray for the fathers too. That even though there's some fathers that may have, uh, you know, may not be with the mothers, the fathers are still struggling too. The fathers are still broken. They're, they're, they're grieving in silence. Most of the time, women can share their their emotions. Men grieve in silence. They don't say anything. And so they're not okay. And so we got to make sure that we're we're lifting everybody up. And we want to put opportunities out there for everybody. This ain't just for Brian. This is for everybody. Brian was about everybody. He was about everybody coming up. That's what he was about. And so we're going to make sure that we provide scholarships, scholarships for those that want to go to trade school. Those from 16 to 30, and even if outside of that, for those that may have been incarcerated, that are, that, that are getting out, and they're trying to get certification in some type of trade, we're going to provide scholarships, scholarship funds to make sure we pay for them to go through trade school to get the certificate and to get the licensure that they need. And so that's where we are with that. Not only stopping there, we're going to be doing things in the community that we're going to give back. Um, we're going to have our first annual gala. That day will be coming out. So as we continue to do this podcast and linking up and connecting with everybody else, other people, we're going to make sure we bring this thing to pass because we can't wait for anyone else to do what we can do for ourselves. Malcolm X. You remember Malcolm X. We can't wait for anybody else to do for us what we can do for ourselves. We've been saying a long time, we just got to do it. We just got to do it. It ain't a competition. And again, whatever region you're in, cover that region. If you're in Darlington, cover that region. If you're in Hart, cover that region. Cover it. And we'll merge together and do it. But, but, but listen, I just need people to learn to just t- allow to, in others to lead and to follow. I can be a leader and still follow. That's that's what a leader is. Someone that's able to actually follow. So you got all of these organizations that are already doing things that are already in place. And my people's keeper want to make sure we shine the light on them so that they can connect. So all of us that are listening can connect with those organizations in order for us to help with black on black crime. Doing things for our youth. We got to do it. We got to bring those things back. We just got to do it. Ain't, 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 no, ain't, no, ain't no talking about the problem. We just got to do it. So connecting with those that already got a, a, a plan in place and just encourage and boost and push the people out there to get with them, to get connected to those organizations. So listen, those that are listening, those that are on the airways that are listening to me, if you haven't, please inbox us. Please inbox us at William Robinson Jr. You can inbox us even at 119 Media Group. They'll get it to us. I want you to inform, um, 
inbox us those organizations like stopping the that stop the violence organization that's trying to do stuff for at risk use organization that's doing something for for young girls organization that's doing something for young boys you know we're starting in Hartsville but we want it to spread we're starting in Hartsville but we want it to spread I'm talking about meetups not you know it ain't got it ain't talking about for nobody to get publicity I'm talking about meetup even if we got to meet up on somebody's street or at somebody's house that's what the legacy legacy is for for us to sit down and have a conversation, man, because it's all about having a conversation. You know, put the guns down and let's talk. As Pop would say on Friday, as I'm getting ready to close and we get ready to get out of here on Friday, you know, put the put the gun down, put the gun down, Craig. Put put the gun down. <laughs> put, put, put these up. Put put them up. Put them up. <laughs> Use these so you can live to fight another day. So that's that's the point that we're trying to make, man. You know, let's deal with the heart of the issue. Uh, and let's get down to focusing on people, people, self-destruction. Yeah, people, man. And so, I want to I want to quote this. Maybe you got anything that you want to to uh, say that may to maybe encourage someone that may be listening uh, before we uh, check out. Uh, okay, I guess. Um, people my age. Um, let me see. Let me think. Let me think. Uh. I'm bullying, I guess, because mm. um, even though like people make it as a joke, because people, the, you know, like how guidance counselors talk about it, and they like tell your parents. Sometimes t- kids don't want to tell you their parents because some t- it's so- something over like something stupid or something they just don't want to make something even bigger. They mm-hmm. just keep it to themselves, right? And like they talk to other friends about it because you know that's how that's how their mindset is and stuff like that and. People that think they're alone, because I know a lot of people that think they're alone, and they just got friends, just not have friends, and they can't really trust people because something that happened to them, mm-hmm. and um, some they're like you're always not alone, but like sometimes you have to be alone in order to like get alone, get get <laughs> like yeah, something like that. <laughs> to get alone, <laughs> to, yeah. Um, to like you know get yourself through it. Sometimes you have mm-hmm. to do it on your own instead of um. Allowing people to do it for your like do it for yourself, and it's kind of you know tough you know being middle school and stuff like that you know your reputation or something like that, mm. and yeah. So finding some way to kind of help with that that that's that's going to help stop one of this as well bullying, and and triggering trying to find those things that we can do to talk to you know the teenagers. I think I think that's something that we can definitely look into as it relates to doing. Um, and, and find out if there's some, someone, some, someone that's already out there doing it. Oh, yeah. And stop selling stuff. Stop selling stuff? At school. Because it's really annoying. Like, <laughs> who wants that? Okay. That's, that's going to help with the gun violence. They need to stop selling. Yeah. <laughs> they need to stop selling some stuff. Yeah. yeah I got you. I got you. Listen, man. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful, man. Ariana, baby, I, I, I enjoyed you today, man. Oh, stop I don't know. You, you it. might, you might have taken, your, you might, you might have taken your mama's spot. No, let me she stop. hear it. She <laughs> hear it. She <laughs> Patrice Robinson, you might got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I want to leave with this quote right here that was sent to me earlier. Excuse the language. At the end of the day, you know, when we say excuse the language. This is just being politically correct for the airwaves. Again, people, you know, the people that be saying that be the ones that main ones saying these words. So, but anyway, I want to read this quote, and I'm going to. Um, lead out with this um and it says if a nigga bump me in the club i apologize if i make him spill this drink i apologize and give him ten dollars if he tripping trying to fight i apologize i tell him i don't want i don't want no problems 
point is, don't let your ego get you killed in these streets. Real men know how to stand down. Other than a nigga come, coming at me physically, he can stand there and talk all day. I'm not trying to kill him because his life matters to me. And I'm not trying to provoke violence upon myself because my life matters too. Stop trying to be a tough guy. The people you're trying to impress are only going to give you R.I.P.S. in return. Rest in peace in return. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Listen, man, we out. Listen, stay positive, stay up. Let's stop the gun violence. Let's stop the violence in our community. And let's be better. Let's do better. Listen, this is Will Robinson with my lovely daughter, Ariana, Ariana Robinson. Robinson. Am I my people's keeper? Yes. Yes, I am my people's keeper. Peace and blessings to all of you. Be blessed.